host, Dr. Chase Raymond, and with this podcast, I hope to bring you a fresh perspective on leadership and the strategies you must take to be an effective leader. We will focus on what it takes to lead today so you can achieve tomorrow's goals. Thank you for listening to Leading for Today. This podcast is designed to develop and maintain existing leaders, but also to inform those who desire to be leaders. Today's podcast is part two of a two-part podcast that I'm calling Leadership, Creating a Meaningful Experience at Work. And it is focused on developing intrinsic motivation across the people that we lead in our organizations. I am your host, Dr. Chase Raymond, and you're listening to Leading for Today. So I have been talking a lot about the methods you can use to create meaning at work. At the heart of the statement is intrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation can transform the way your employees feel about work. So they believe that they are part of a meaningful and special experience. So much so it can increase job satisfaction, increase job commitment, engagement, and a host of other benefits. So in part one of this podcast, I discussed how the organization's founders or leadership uh, can craft a set of values, beliefs, and attitudes that establishes a path of how the organization will be and how it will conduct its business into the future. And this is uh, the, sets the course to shape the organization's culture from here on end. Simply because when our organizational leaders are rooted in good values, ethical beliefs, positive attitudes, compassion, and empathy. This will strengthen our organizational culture. Equally important, it's about establishing a vision statement. This is vital because it gives employees faith that the company is moving forward or has a plan to move forward. But the vision statement should also explain how your organization is going to change the world as you blaze a path towards your goals. All of this helps foster a deep connection to what workers do each and every day. And then it is important that we establish trusting relationships across the organization and then extend autonomy to our employees. But I also explained we must extend ample amounts of praise and recognition to our employees. We have to remember and reflect frequently on the fact that the organization would not exist if it were not for our employees. So they deserve to be praised and recognized frequently for their good work and their commitment. And so that was part one of creating a meaningful experience at work. Now here we are at part two, and I want to share with you two leadership approaches that you can use to help employees foster a deeper connection to their work and have increased levels of intrinsic motivation. So if you're seeking information on leadership, I invite you to keep it right here at Leading for Today. All right, on this part two of creating a meaningful experience at work, I want to share with you two different approaches to leadership. Both have the same objective. That is, they are very effective at developing a meaningful relationship between the leader and other members of the team which in turn fosters greater intrinsic motivation within their employees. And I'm talking about servant leadership and spiritual leadership specifically. 
you may have heard of one or both of these leadership approaches. Both are very effective at increasing levels of intrinsic motivation, which is essential across your team, your department, or the entire organization. So let's first discuss servant leadership. This is a term that is used quite frequently these days in terms of leadership. It's much like uh, transformational leadership when it was first developed in the 1970s. If you're not familiar with servant leadership, it is a leadership approach that centers around the leader serving others as a priority. It's truly a reversal from other types of leadership theories. Servant leaders want to lead by serving and to serve first. This means serving employees, customers, stakeholders, and even a sense of the community. To be a servant leader, it is something that you have to truly and fully understand and embrace. If not, your efforts will look very contrived and not authentic. As a servant leader, your role is also to be a nurturer and to be someone who nurtures others this entails quite a few responsibilities. First, servant leaders encourage members of their team to bond with one another. The primary reason is quite simple. A team that bonds and have common goals will engage in collaborative efforts, and this leads to better outcomes. Meanwhile, it encourages kinship, understanding, personal growth, less stress, and of course, something meaningful. Now, if this bond begins to break down or relationships begin to fracture for whatever reason, it is up to the servant leader to strive to mend those relationships. Next, servant leaders have the responsibility to be community builders. Similar to building the bonds of a team, leaders search for ways to strengthen the bonds of each team that exist across the organization so that it reflects a tightly woven web of several teams. Like I said before, when we pull together and work as a collaborative unit, it will lead to better, stronger outcomes. So whether you lead a single team within the organization or you lead the entire organization, strive to pull everyone together and encourage them to achieve a common goal. It creates high levels of meaning across the team members simply because they believe they are part of something special. Another responsibility for servant leaders is to engage in what we call active listening and frequent reflection. Active listening is devoting 100% of your listening ability to whoever is talking to you. When the servant leader actively listens, they are demonstrating to the team member that you are important. What you are saying is important. This results in the team member gaining a sense that they matter. I also said another responsibility of the servant leader is to frequently reflect. I believe through frequent reflection, we gain a, a better understanding and greater insight into what is happening around us and a greater insight into who it is that we lead. This gives us greater ability to achieve our goals and lead our team more effectively. The next responsibility of a servant leader is to exhibit high amounts of compassion, empathy, understanding, and grace. Empathy and compassion is to show that you care about the well-being of others. To demonstrate understanding, you're telling others that you are sympathetic to their situation or you have the ability to extend forgiveness or grace. For example, if you are a leader and a member of your team has some suffering, maybe it's emotional because of a spouse who is extremely sick, 
Sure, you can grant them time off. They can take PTO or in some worst case scenarios, maybe they can take the family leave. But you as a leader, you can personally reach out to that team member and ask if there's anything that you can do. Maybe what the team can do or the organization can do to help them through this difficult time. Perhaps they don't need the time off, but their work product has taken a toll. A servant leader recognizes the human condition first and then extends some grace and understanding before extending any kind of corrective language. Again, by showing a little bit of compassion and empathy, this will go a long way with the members of your team. Another responsibility of servant leaders is to have the ability to foresee situations. This usually requires much experience and knowledge with the company or within a specific field. By having years of experience or knowledge in a particular field, you have the sense to know what might unfold in the days, months, or years to come. By using that sense of foresight, you can give others a better understanding, some better self-assurance, especially during challenging times, or provide warnings if it's needed. Or you can also be a source of innovation simply by sparking conversations about what can be changed or developed to satisfy the needs of tomorrow. One of the last things I want to discuss is that servant leaders must be committed to the growth and the mindset of the people they lead. This means as a servant leader, you have the responsibility to do everything in your power to nurture the growth of your employees, whether this means personal growth, professional growth, or even spiritual growth. Now, I also mentioned the mindset of the employees. This is vital that you have the awareness that, well, to have that understanding of the mindset of your team. That means you have to take an active interest in their well-being and their health. And again, this goes right back to active listening and understanding. Servant leadership is not a quick fix approach. Many organizational leaders like to espouse that they're servant leaders and encourage their staff to be servant leaders. But they often fail because they do not fully embrace the tenets of servant leadership. For example, a leader will cry out that everyone needs to be a servant leader. I am a servant leader. Our organization needs to practice servant leadership. But if this leader, say it's a CEO, maybe it's a team leader or a department leader, maybe it's the owner. If they don't fully embrace and practice and demonstrate servant leadership practices, all their efforts are going to fall on deaf ears. Simply put, to instill servant leadership as part of your organizational culture You, the leader, must be the example. You're setting the example for your organization. You are the prime example. If you are successful, servant leadership can indeed increase intrinsic motivation. All right, so spiritual leadership. This is something that's relatively new in terms of the leadership world. And I briefly mentioned that servant leaders must be committed to the spiritual growth of their team. And we as leaders, we can do this through spiritual leadership. Spiritual leadership is very effective at fostering a deep meeting or making those deep connections to the workplace or to the organization. One reason is because spiritual leaders, much like servant leaders, 
they are not focused on formal position or have any kind of authority. It was developed the idea of developing people using understanding, compassion, hope, faith. All right, so spiritual leadership helps to answer a few questions that an employee might have. For example, what are the values and beliefs, ethics and morals that guide this organization? They may ask, who are we as an organization? What is our purpose? Employees may say, why am I here as an employee? Is this what I do? I mean, is this what I do? Is it meaningful? Is there a greater purpose to what I do every day? Am I contributing to a legacy, something special? These are profound questions. And if organizational leaders are concerned about the well-being of their employees, they will work hard to ensure that each employee knows these answers, so much so that the answers are equally shared across the organization. It becomes a basic shared belief, which if you were listening to part one, this sounds a lot like part of the organizational culture, which it is. Organizational culture is a basic set of shared beliefs. And so hopefully you're starting to see how all of this is starting to tie together. The theorists that were involved in the early development of spiritual leadership were rooted in the belief that people at work are in desperate need for feeling as if they belong to something special or producing something that had a greater meaning. And based on those polls that I shared with you in part one, they're correct. If we were to read Herzberg's theory of motivation, Herzberg tells us when people crave to belong to something deep, something meaningful or profound, they are seeking intrinsic motivation. In other words, people at work want to be motivated by something inherently rewarding. They want to be motivated by the work itself, what the organization stands for or what the organization is doing to contribute to others or to society as a whole. We see this type of inherent motivation driving people who are in public service careers like law enforcement, firefighters, nurses, doctors, and teachers. But not all jobs are public service type careers. In fact, most are not. And just to add, inherent motivation is a very powerful tool for leaders. Because if a leader can tap into whatever intrinsically motivates somebody, there is a strong possibility that you can secure this individual through even the darkest of times within the organization just because they love doing what they do or being a part of what matters to the organization so much so that nothing else matters per se. While a leadership approach such as transformational leadership is aimed at taking an organization from one state of existence to a desired point of existence, Spiritual leadership is aimed at specifically fostering intrinsic motivation by tapping into the needs and the spiritual well-being of organizational members. If I had mentioned increasing the spiritual well-being of the members of your organization, say 10 or 15 years ago, people would probably look at me like I had two heads. But today, studies show that workers not only crave reasons to be intrinsically motivated, but they want that intrinsic motivation to be tied to something that attributes to something meaningful. In other words, workers are needing something called spiritual values. Last year on Forbes.com, it showed a poll and 75% of Americans described themselves as being spiritual. But while a greater number of Americans 
are indeed spiritual, laws and policies are in place that often discourage such spirituality from being practiced in the workplace. That said, companies such as Chick-fil-A, Hobby Lobby, Keller Williams, Trijicon, Whataburger, and several others are not afraid of inserting its faith into its business practices and its organizational culture. And they tend to have higher levels of job satisfaction. So is there a connection there? Possibly so. Now, these companies are rooted in Christian faith. They are Christian faith-based organizations. But it's important to note that the tenets of spiritual leadership tell us not to necessarily make a synonymous connection with any form of organized religion. That said, I personally identify as a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and I would like to suggest there is no better way to satisfy the spiritual needs of your employees than by abiding by the lessons learned in the Holy Bible. That said, tenets of spiritual leadership should be looked at as fostering an environment that established a vision, altruistic love, and of course, faith. All the hallmarks of Christianity. So let's begin with having a vision. When the members of the organization, the people that you lead, believe that the organization is not complacent, not sitting still, but rather embracing innovative ideas and striving towards a positive tomorrow, there are going to be encouragement inside your members. Much like people in the 60s were compelled to listen and believe Martin Luther King Jr. in his I Have a Dream speech. We're, they want to believe and buy into a compelling vision of a brighter and prosperous tomorrow. Not only does this energize workers, but it increases their commitment and engagement to what they do. The next thing we should know about spiritual leadership is that leaders need to express altruistic love or compassion to those who they lead. When workers feel their organizational leaders have altruistic love, they will also find that their leaders demonstrate forgiveness, acceptance, and gratitude and compassion for others. This in turn fosters a belief that their leaders inside this organization embody a general expression of kindness to everyone within the grasp of the organization. Who wouldn't want to be a part of something special like that? In fact, studies show that altruistic love and compassion for others can greatly reduce mental health issues as well as other physical ailments such as anxiety, stress, and high blood pressure. And so we need to remember that a little love goes a long way. So if you're a leader, try to practice altruistic love. And so you'll experience these benefits and so will the people that you lead. The last component is about faith. Like altruistic love, the benefits of faith and spirituality in the workplace has shown to reduce cases of depression, stress, anxiety, even high blood pressure. The reason I imagine is because faith is known to have positive influences on the total well-being of humans. When our organizations embed faith and spirituality inside the walls of the company, it demonstrates that we serve a higher power. As I put it, God. By placing our faith in God and live and learn by His values, the organization is enveloped by the goodness of something special. And if the organization believes they are doing right by serving God and spreading His word through spiritual leadership, workers 
uh, will buy into this belief as well as find that their work is meaningful and inspiring. And I'll add one more thing. After hearing this and you still have questions, if employees need spiritual growth in the workplace, I will simply point you to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm sure many of you have heard of this before. It's a triangular shaped model that represents various stages of human motivation. You may recall this from a psychology course in high school or college. At the very base level of the triangle, you had that basic human level of motivation that strives to get food and water and shelter. This is that basic level need. Then as you increase up the triangle, there's the need to feel uh, senses of safety and security. Then it increases to another level where we need to feel love and social belonging. Maybe that's associated with family and friends or just a general acceptance. Then there's that point in our lives as we move up in our human needs that we need to fulfill self-esteem. This can be achieving status or some sort of recognition or prestige, anything to fill our ego. But it's the last stage that is important to this conversation. The last and highest level human need of motivation is self-actualization or self-fulfillment. This helps us to explain why humans have such a great need to find meaning in what they do, whether that be in their personal lives or the lives they experience at work. We have a higher nature that desires to do something worthwhile. And I believe what has been discussed over the past two episodes will help you achieve this very thing for your employees. So friends, if we want to achieve intrinsic motivation in our employees, just to recap, it all begins with values, beliefs, and attitudes of the organization. And let that frame the culture of the organization. Then we need to have a positive vision statement that gives us an indication of where we're heading and how are we going to get there and how we're going to change the world as we get there. Then we need to make sure that we have trusting relationships across the organization, so much so that we can extend autonomy to our members. And then we need to be so diligent at giving ample amounts of praise and recognition to our employees. And if you were listening carefully, you could see that these exact things that I just talked about in part one can also be done by practicing these two leadership styles I just discussed, servant leadership and spiritual leadership. If we as leaders serve others, serve them first and serve them well, and couple that with with what it means to be a spiritual leader, which means exhibiting trust, love, compassion, and faith into our organization, it will increase the opportunity for workers to experience intrinsic motivation under your leadership. So there you have it. The keys to increasing intrinsic motivation and creating a meaningful experience at work. As always, I welcome your thoughts. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Chase Raymond. Thank you for listening to today's podcast here on Leading for Today. I hope each episode gives you insight on how you can lead your team and your organization toward achieving important goals and objectives. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and a review. And please tell your friends about us. Until next time, I'm Dr. Chase Raymond. Mm -hmm.